Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Father, we bless you, we praise you, we glorify you, we magnify you. We thank you that you love us so much. Jesus, we thank you. We just, we just are in awe of you. We are so excited for your goodness and your mercies and your loving kindness. We thank you, Lord, that we are saved. We are born again. We are spirit baptized. We are on our way to heaven. We give you worship. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Um, I, was, when I was asked to minister. I was asking the Lord, and he put a scripture on my heart. And interestingly enough, we had a women's retreat, mini retreat by Zoom today, and the speaker used this same scripture. So now that's, I'm really excited. I'm like, oh God, you are speaking. Hallelujah. But if you have your Bible, Bibles this evening, please turn it to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And that's where I'm going to start. And the word of God says through the Apostle Paul, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You see, when the word of when the Bible says something and says it twice, it is for emphasis. So that is why Jesus will say, Well, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you. So this evening, better God through his word is saying to us, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, for emphasis, I'm telling you, people of God, rejoice. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Glory. The word rejoice means to feel or to show great joy or delight. It means to be glad. Well, we know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So, we have learned that we are one Spirit with Christ. And so, joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but it's also our fruit because we are one Spirit with Christ. So, we have the joy of the Lord and it is resident in our hearts. Hallelujah. You see, Paul, he was in prison in Rome when he wrote this passage. And he said, this epistle, this letter. He wrote it to the Philippians and he said, rejoice, be happy, be, be joyful, be glad. Be bubbling. Always. Now, if Paul was on vacation somewhere, maybe he was on a Caribbean cruise, and he said, well, rejoice in the Lord always, we would say, yeah. But the man is in prison, and he says, well, rejoice in the Lord always. So it is God's desire that his people cultivate a life of rejoicing and of joy no matter what. I want us to look at another example, this time in the Old Testament. 
Hallelujah. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. This time we are looking in the book of Habakkuk. If you cannot find it, don't worry. It's a problem for me also to find. Just go into the index, read it, find the page, and go there. <laughs> Amen. But Habakkuk 3 verses um, 17 to 19 says, now, okay, let me, well, I will give you the background. Let me read the scripture first. He says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fall, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. You see, Habakkuk lived in very uncertain times. I encourage you to go and read. It's a short book, I think three chapters or four. But if you read it, you will find that uh, he's talking to the Lord and he's complaining because there was great injustice. There was great evil. There were even famine in the land of, of Judah. So he began to pray to the Lord and complain about why he said people are so evil and they are getting away with the evil. And then God gives him a revelation that Judah would be destroyed by the Babylonians who were a people far worse than the Jews. So when he looked around, when he looked even on the horizon, all he could see was what? Doom and gloom. It sounds like the, the news, right? I don't know about you. I don't listen to the news these days. <laughs> because sometimes I wonder, is nothing good happening in America and in the world? So, it would be easy for Habakkuk to become anxious, to become worried, to become depressed. And I believe to a certain extent, when you read um, through the book, you can see that, yeah, there was time that he was. But he decided that, you know what? Yet, I am going to do what? I am going to rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. So we see two people. We see Paul, and we see in the New Testament saying to the uh, Philippians rejoice in the Lord one always and then we see Habakkuk in a time when things looked so bleak he says yet I will rejoice so we want to start this evening and say what, what is the characteristic of Christian rejoicing we can see from the passages that we read Number one, that Christian rejoicing is irrespective of circumstances. I don't rejoice because things look good or things are good. I rejoice always. I rejoice yet. I rejoice. Hallelujah. We see Paul in prison. 
but yet he's rejoicing. And if you read the epistle of, um, to, um, of, to the Philippians, it is a letter that is full of joy. He uses rejoice, joy, so many times. And you wouldn't even think that, wait a minute, this man, his circumstances, they don't look so good. And then we see Habakkuk, he was faced with serious national issues and difficulties. Yet he chose to rejoice. He did not bury his head in the sand. He did not deny reality. Because sometimes we say, can't you see what's happening? He did not uh, uh, deny that things look bleak. But he chose, irrespective of, of the circumstances to rejoice. This shows us that no matter what happens, no matter how dark things appear to be, we as believers can rejoice. So the first thing, Christian rejoicing is irrespective of our circumstances. Number two, notice that our rejoicing is what? In the Lord. It's not in our circumstances because many times the circumstances are not things for which you can rejoice. But the reason why we can rejoice in spite of our circumstances is that our rejoicing is not in the circumstance. Our rejoicing is what? It's in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's what Paul says. Rejoice in the Lord. No matter... No matter if they say, you know, um, some of us, we already need to get off Facebook, but I don't. I read this day, some, uh, somebody from the church who was saying, um, if you are fat, it is time for you to reduce. I said, oh Lord, another reason for me to reduce. He said, if you are fat, because they say the coronavirus is going to come back worse than ever in in the winter, and these are the people who will be affected badly. Fat. I said, well. <laughs> so no matter how bleak or gloomy the situation appears to be, we can rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Number three, and I have alluded to it before. So first we say, we rejoice in spite of the circumstances. Number two, our rejoicing is in the Lord. It is not for our circumstance because there are some circumstances we just naturally cannot rejoice for. But number three, rejoicing is what? It's a choice. We choose. Habakkuk said, though all these things are happening, yet I will rejoice. He made the choice. To rejoice. So we, in spite of negative circumstances, no matter the news, no matter what is going on, brothers and sisters, we must choose to rejoice. Hallelujah. I know you have to say it in your minds, but just say hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Some people question this log logic. They say, why should I rejoice in the midst of difficulties? That would be denying reality. 
Why would God ask me to rejoice in the Lord when there is seemingly nothing for which I should rejoice? Good question. What is it about joy and rejoicing that Habakkuk and Paul knew? You see, in Bishop's message last Sunday, he talked about the fact that the enemy is what? He's throwing these attacks against what? Against our soul. In these trying times, one of the enemy's mean weapons is what? Thoughts of what? Worry, anxiety, fear, and all these things, they lead to what? Depression. People are killing themselves. Just before we came here, my husband got a news that one of his, uh, I think he said this person was a missionary or the son of one of the missionaries uh, um, in the denomination that he was in in Liberia. Guess what? He killed himself today. A believer. People are killing themselves. Because what? The fiery darts of the wicked one. Worry, anxiety, fear, depression. So that is one of his me weapons in these trying times. But one of God's me antidote against these weapons is what? Is to rejoice. Hallelujah. And we see that rejoicing comes as we praise, as we give thanks. It has been proven scientifically that laughter, rejoicing, joy, it helps to build up the immune system. So even your body is blessed. So when Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always and again, I say rejoice. God is saying, guess what? Even your body will be impacted positively because you have made the choice to rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Ooh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. The Bible says in Proverbs, 1722, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So even science is just kept uh, catching up with the, the Bible. Laughter, joy, cheerfulness, rejoicing. The Bible says this well, it's good medicine. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and just say, take your medicine. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. So joy and rejoicing benefits the body. Number two, we're talking about the benefits now of rejoicing. The Bible says in the book of Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we are beset by trouble, difficulties, and life in general, our souls can become what? Weighed down and discouraged. We become emotionally and physically drained. <laughs> the Bible says in Psalm 8-2, out of the mouth of babes and, sucking, and sucklings has thou ordained strength because of your enemies. In quoting this verse in Matthew 21, 16, Jesus says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have perfected 
praise. So what is God saying? That praise, rejoicing, joy is our strength. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you feel weak, you feel emotionally drained this evening, here is God's solution. Rejoice in the Lord always. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Jesus. Ooh. Listen to this Proverbs 17, 22 in the New Living Translation. I love it. He says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So when you sit down and you allow worry and fear and depression, you become drained emotionally, you become drained physically. But when you begin to rejoice in the Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We give him praise. We give him glory. Another benefit of rejoicing. Hallelujah. In the same book of Habakkuk, he says, if you continue to read, he says, he will make my feet like hind feet. Hind means deer. God will make my feet like deer feet and he will cause me to do what? To ride on my high places. What is he saying? This is after he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He says why? He makes my feet like deer feet and he will make me to walk on my high hills. What is the Lord saying? The Lord is saying, yeah, is <laughs> that that strength that you receive as you are rejoicing, which is his strength, it will cause you to overcome the difficulties. Now, it may not make the difficulties leave, but guess what? You will be so, you will be like, you know, they say, well, like on cloud nine. You will not be so affected by it. And then sometimes, as you are praising, as you are rejoicing, he will actually cause the difficulties to what? To go away. But even if they are there, they will not have the dream or the string or look before you like a mountain. He will cause your feet to be like what? Deer feet. They said the deer there, the hind is the female deer. And what? When they jump on the high place, there are two front feet and the two back, both of them go together on the, the hill. And they don't stumble. But it causes them to mount higher and higher. I declare to you this evening, as you are rejoicing in spite of, hallelujah, your feet are becoming like hind feet, and you are riding. Hey, you are overcoming your high places. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You are sowing. I love this one. The same Psalm 8-2 that we read that says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength because of your enemy. Then it goes on to say, that you might uh, you might still or you might silence the enemy 
and the adventure. God has given you praise, rejoicing, and joy to shut the mouth of the devil. All those fiery darts, all the doom and the gloom, all the demonic prophecies that this thing will happen. God has given us rejoicing, church of God. God has given us joy to do what? To stop the mouth of the enemy. Hallelujah. You see, that is why the devil is trying to close our mouths. But even with this mask, <laughs> we are going to say hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus. We will steal him and chase him away. And then this last one that I'm talking about, the benefits of rejoicing. Rejoicing activates the release of the manifested presence of God. Go back to my Paul. The Bible said one day he was in this very Philippi that he was writing to here. And he and Silas, they were put in prison, put in a stock. And they could grumble, they could complain. But like Habakkuk, they, did, they chose to do what? To praise. The Bible says as they begin to praise, as they begin to sing hallelujah, as they begin to say the Lord is good. Guess what happened? There was a move of God. There was a release of the manifested presence of God. You know, it is so sad, I have noticed, that the devil has shut our mouths. Even in church. Forget about the mass. And not even in church, but even when we are home. He has shut our mouths. It is about time we go crazy like Paul and Silas. When we listen to that evil news report, hallelujah! As you begin to do that, you will see the manifested presence of God, even in your bedroom, even in your home. Then when we come together, even though we are socially distanced and we have this mask, we will experience during the time of worship the manifested presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So those are some of the benefits, at least that's the one I received. Now, I'm closing, but I want to close by telling you you say, yeah, Pastor Maima, you have convinced me. I need to make the choice to rejoice, to have joy. And yes, I know the joy is the fruit of the Spirit. It's resident in my spirit. But I don't feel like rejoicing. I don't feel like I have joy. Guess what? It's the same with me. There are some days I wake up. I don't feel like being joyful. So now we want to say, how do we activate the joy of the Lord that is resident in our spirit? How do we release that thing? Hallelujah. The first point, and you know this is where we will always come, spend time meditating in God's word, in his promises. Meditate in the promise of God. I don't know about you, but when I begin to meditate in a promise... Even if I was feeling down, my spirit starts to live. Hallelujah. This is what God promised me. So even though I have not yet seen it, I know that God is faithful. He's not a man that he should lie. So I begin to meditate in the promises of God. 
and I can even meditate in who I am in Christ. I am the righteousness of God. What? I'm one spirit with the Lord. The more you are meditating in the word of God, the more the joy of the Lord will start bubbling, 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 bubbling inside of you. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, we need to meditate in the word until the promise becomes more real than a problem. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus. We need to meditate in our word until we don't, until we do not see anymore the problem, but we see what? The promise. And once you begin to do that, <laughs> you will be joyful. Hallelujah. Amen. Secondly, pray and trust that God is answering your prayer. You see, in this very uh, um, Philippians 4, in verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in remember, in everything, every circumstance, always, what should you do? By prayer and supplication. There is nothing too big that we cannot pray about. There is nothing too small that we cannot pray about. He said we should pray about what? Everything. So instead of me being worried or anxious, oh, how am I going to manage? Oh, this and that and the other. Oh, I lost my job. Oh, this and that. Oh, I have to pay school fees. Oh, my daughter is going to college. I'm talking about myself now. How am I going to pay? <laughs> Ask you what? And give a first to God in prayer. Then he said, when you don't be anxious and worried over anything, but what? By prayer and supplication, and then what? With thanksgiving, make your request unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So spend time meditating on the promises of God until the promise become more real than the problem, and then pray about Everything. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. Give every problem to the Lord. Hallelujah. With thanksgiving. Then I love this one. Thank God always. First Thessalonians 5:18 says, In everything give thanks. Not for everything. Remember, there are many circumstances that we cannot give God thanks for. But God has told us just how we are to rejoice always in every circumstances because we are rejoicing in the Lord. In the same way, we are to give thanks to God in every circumstance. Hallelujah. He said, this is the will of God. You know, many times we are praying, oh, God, show me your will. Oh, should I go this place? But the will of God is what? That we should thank him in the midst of every situation, in the midst of every circumstance. I wrote here, I said, I have learned that when I start to thank God in my circumstance, guess what? My perspective changes. The situation might not change, but my perspective changes. I begin, you see, so many of us as Christians, we grumble, we complain. 
We complain about our husbands. We complain about our children. We complain about our job. We complain about our money or lack of it. We complain about the church. We complain about Bishop. We complain about Pastor Chris. We complain about the ushers. We complain about the greeters. We complain. But when we change and begin to give thanks, our perspective will change. Hallelujah. I will begin, when I start to thank God in the circumstances, my perspective changes. I begin to see the good in others. I begin to see how God is working in this situation that I, that I think is so bad. And I begin to see how blessed I am. You know they say Americans are, are more blessed than, uh, I think it's about 97 the rest of the world, 97%. So when people begin to complain here, why you are complaining? There is somebody who wants what you have, what you are even complaining about. So let's learn to be thankful, people of God. Hallelujah. Now, I wrote this down, and I believe it came from the Spirit of God. Let's take two seconds and thank God right now for your family, for your church family. <laughs> for the ushers, for the praise and worship, for the sound, for Bishop and Pastor Chris, for your brothers and sisters, for your job. <laughs> thank God. Take two seconds right now. Let's begin to thank God. Thank God for your job. Thank God for your family. Thank God for everything that God has blessed you with. For your children that get on your nerves or your wife, for your job, for your uh, employer. Let's thank God. Thank God for better. Thank God for Deacon uh, uh, John and, uh, and Deacon Patience. Who are here on Saturday, they are here on Sunday. Let's thank God for them. Thank God for the sound people. Thank God. I don't know about you, but just by thanking God, there's a release of the anointing. Amen. So we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So we should spend time meditating in the promises. We should pray and trust. And we should thank God always in everything. And then we should cultivate a life of praise and of thanksgiving. We should make praise and thanksgiving a lifestyle. This is how we will maintain the spirit of rejoicing. If you are thankful... If you are full of praise. Hallelujah. We have to be different from the world, church. And as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. We have to be different. We must be a rejoicing people, a thankful people, a people who are full, who are releasing daily the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Lastly, how do you release rejoicing? Just flow when you have done all these other things. Flow in Holy Ghost joy. Hallelujah. Church, the devil has stolen joy and laughter from the church. We don't laugh anymore. We don't dance anymore. You know, there's a song we used to sing when I first got saved. It's a simple song. But it's so powerful. 
It's based on Philippians 4, 4. And I was singing with my mouth. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I will rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I will rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And again I will rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And again I will rejoice. Sometimes... You have to laugh by faith. You come home and they say, you know what? You did not pay your bills and uh, Pepco is going to cut off your light. Just start to laugh. Laugh by faith. Sometimes you just have to laugh. Just open your mouth and let it out. So, what is the conclusion? My message is finished. What is the conclusion of the whole matter? We must do as the word of God says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, we must rejoice. I encourage you when you get home tonight, because we are socially distant and we have on our masks and we don't want to put spit out. But when you get home tonight, open your door, get in your living room, your kitchen, or wherever, raise your hands to heaven and shout hallelujah seven times. Hey, 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 glory. When you wake up in the morning, hallelujah, young people, you, you all need to learn to rejoice in the Lord. Because as I was studying for this message, they said that, the, the highest rate of depression in this nation is between the ages of 18 and 25. It must not be so. And we are telling you, God has the medicine. God has the remedy. Learn to rejoice, young people. So many of you, you have things in to you on a silver platter. You don't know how blessed you are. Open your mouth. Rejoice in the Lord. Always and again. I say, rejoice. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. Hallelujah. Ooh. I don't know about you, but I preach myself happy. <laughs> Glory. Amen. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. Let's just begin to rejoice in the Lord. Just begin to bless the Lord and begin to thank him and begin to praise him. Hallelujah. If you are here this evening and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, well, we encourage you to give your life to him because the joy and the rejoicing of which we speak, it belongs to those who are born again, those who belong to Jesus Christ. And they have that joy of the Lord resident in their spirits. So I don't know, is there anybody here who doesn't know Jesus or you... Or you say, I know Jesus, but I want to, but I don't think I've been living for him as I ought, and I want to rededicate my life to him. Anyone? So we are all born again, on fire for the Lord. Hallelujah. So turn to your neighbor. Say, rejoice in the Lord. Always. In every circumstance. And again I say, Rejoice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thanks for listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.bethelcityofhope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.